Chukma. That means hello in Chickasaw language. Sahochafo at Hannah. That means my name is Hannah. And this was really random and spontaneous to push record. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have been in a state of hiatus, in a state of hermitage, in a state of contemplation, introspection, integration, uh, purging, lots and lots of purging, um, echoes of old stories that I thought I was bored of telling a long ass time ago, snuck up behind me in the back of a dark alley and clubbed me in the back of the head. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sideswiped by illness, which is something that I really just do not, uh, I just don't tolerate illness in the presence of my system. I, I just, I evict it as rapidly as possible. I cast it out with will and intention and volition and awareness. And uh, so to get sideswiped by illness was a real big surprise. I'm unaccustomed to it. I was ill-prepared, out of practice. It had been so long since I'd had an illness run through my system, I kind of didn't know what to do with myself for a while. For a good long while. But, uh, you know, what is it they say about hindsight? Um... I'm getting some clarity now that my system is running closer to optimal. I'm getting some clarity, some perspective, and I feel really like I'm out of stagnation in a lot of ways. I've been extremely productive. I feel extremely grounded and centered. I feel like I can... Um, I can engage with leverage the full mechanisms that I'm uh, in reach of. And, and with every movement, I advance to other territories that put me into reach of other capacities, other systems, other, you know, points of leverage. And really, that's what this is about, breathing and rolling forward one more click just breathing and moving through one more stage, one more step, one more level, one more um, arena. Just breathe and move. And things are guaranteed to change. Things are guaranteed to be different with every breath, with each movement. So anyways, when I'm like in flow, when I'm working, when I'm optimized, when I'm engaged, I, I get to a point of calm centeredness that allows me to be more productive. Because um, mania is fun. Like manic energy can be really fun to engage with on a certain level, but if it's not harnessed well, it's sort of a, it's a bit like a runaway horse. Like, what do you do with that? It just tramples everything and scares the neighbors and maybe runs off a cliff and then you have a dead horse, you know? Um, 
so yeah I mean the mania is fun but we gotta have reins we gotta have reins we gotta keep a hold of our reins so yeah I mean maybe maybe I could read that piece I don't know if I even have it in this book or if it's in my other book if it's in the house If it's in this book, I'll read it. If it's not in this book, I'm not going to read it because I don't feel like pausing and going inside to change it. Okay, here it is. It is. Chariots do believe. Chariots do believe. I am holding reins. I do not count the lines. I breathe into the stride. I watch with loose eyes. I sit tall but soft. I rest all the horses often, or the llamas, or the dogs, or the reindeer, or the camels. I feed them from my plate. And were they to ask, I surely would let them drink from my cup, for I do not own them. They carry my soul on their blessed shoulders, and I dwell in their heart. Yeah. So, yeah, chariots are great, but if you drop your reins and then get tangled up in the wheels, well, you know, you're going to strangle your horses or your dogs or your camels or whatever your uh, beast of burden might be. Uh, yeah. So what does this look like to be in flow? Confirmation, affirmation. I got a clean slate blue sky above me and I assure you that was not so just a few minutes ago um, when I first came out here uh, it was a little before 111 because after I laid the first stones uh, I got the chime for 111 so I knew I was like on time already because the intuitive sense to start building came right within the midst of the uh, sacred timing affirmation um, as I was walking back in the house to get more stuff to bring out here you know because I wasn't going to be able to carry it all in one load um, I saw my hawk guardians that reside in my tree standing a post I mean like <laughs> as if they were posing for me so of course I took their picture and did a little video and while I was doing the video one of them took flight and I even captured that and it was just really beautiful it's difficult for me sometimes to catch photography um, in the moment like when it happens because I'm not I mean I've I have gifts I'm not gonna say I'm not talented when it comes to art design or whatever but photography is definitely one of those things that I um, continue to uh, fumble through <laughs> my learning I am by no means uh, uh, expert or even highly qualified photographer I, I'm middling at best is how I would describe it um, so when I'm able to capture some of these sacred moments before they disappear I feel pretty feel pretty powerful I feel pretty empowered I feel pretty much standing in place like right place right time kind of thing because um, I was able to capture it, you know? Uh, so, I knew I was on time. I knew I was doing the right thing. 
the mandala turned out beautifully. Um, I had no plan, just my tools, and that's always enough because mandalas never need planning. You know, they just don't. They just need meditation, attentional focus. To build an altar only requires the focus, the attention, that connection between the material realm and the spiritual realm that exists within our bodies. So I built the altar, went back inside, got a couple more things that I needed, my books and journals, a couple calendars, things like that. And then I came out here, I just started working, started flowing, started, you know, making notes, doing the, doing the grunt work of being a scribe, you know, of actually taking the field notes, the part that sometimes is difficult for me because of my attentional focus issues and because of the rheumatoid that plagues my joints in my hands. Sometimes just the simple physical act of sitting down and writing the shit down that you need to write down on paper that's like the most challenging task for me to engage in it's solitary work with little to no social feedback or or accountability or so support you know it's totally between me and my own spirit and and my higher power my higher self my highest expectations for myself it's between me and me and there's nobody grading my paper there is no you know uh, permanent record, right? There's nobody giving me detention or Saturday school. There's nobody, you know, docking my pay if I don't show up and do this. So it's the hardest work that I do, but it's also the most rewarding work. This personal inner work of being in practice and devotion. Because it's really, that's what it really is. The key word here is devotion. It's not habit. It's not ritual, okay? It's not obligation. None of those things are fuel enough to carry you through these tribulations. The only thing that brings you back to your personal practice is devotion. The only thing. Nothing else works. Obligation never works. Shame never works. Reward, you know, like token economy, paying people to do it, that doesn't work because you can never pay someone enough to get them to, to um, uh, challenge their shadow. There aren't enough dollars in the universe to get someone to challenge their shadow. The only thing that does that is, is you know, their spirit, basically, their internal self. Um, you can't condition, cajole, or convince someone to engage in that work. It only comes from devotion. It only comes from a place of purity. So, ritual helps until we can get our devotion back. Habit helps a lot until we can get our devotion back. But when ritual leaves us and habit fails us and our memory cannot even, you know, support the celebration of these practices, you know, when we haven't built the practices from the beginning, what's the fuel that gets us through? Devotion, 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 devotion. So I've been in a state of devotion. In my state of abnegation, when I have, um, when I've been on hiatus 
from Instagram during the month of April. Um, I, I've been really limiting my interactions with Instagram during this month. Dur really limiting my okay. engagement with, with social media in general. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, because April is just, it's a tough month to be online for autistic people very triggering it's basically just a giant field of of bad propaganda and terrible awareness campaigns that are usually filled with just you know disinformation or just um, it's just terribleness so as an autistic person or as a person who advocates for autistic people um it can april can be a really challenging time to be online and as much as we um those of us who tend to struggle with social networks and social communication in real life and have found the internet to be a healing space to engage in some of those social relationships, the tables kind of turn during the month of April, unfortunately, because what happens is oftentimes our sensitive friends disappear, our more um, uh, aggressive or militant friends really dial up their advocacy work and so our social networks tend to be flooded with a lot of um, tension and um, fighting and just you know people just declaring terrible untruths about our community and our cohort um, again chasing dollars usually because it's a big hub of fundraising for the year just the way like um, October is the big fundraising month for breast cancer research and so every October uh, many breast cancer survivors get really frustrated and irritated because of the pink washing everywhere and having to be reminded of their, you know, experience in the community, you know, I, it, people feel different ways about it. But what I'm saying is some people slash many people find it very difficult to maintain their on online presence or at least their mm -hmm. typical level of online presence during the month of April. It's just, it's just difficult. So, um, yeah, I, I really, I'm really glad that I'm stepping back from it. I have already felt the kind of space opening up in my mind and my consciousness and in my heart and my emotions for other things. Um, without the uh, time and energy that 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 activity or that arena was pulling from me, I've already felt that like loosening up, and it's been nice. It is nice. It continues to be nice. Um, and, and what I really have done, the thing that I've really made the most room for has been deeper study, deeper times of introspection. Because as I said before, I have some attentional issues, I have some attentional focus issues. Um, in other words, I, get, I tend to get hyper-focused on stuff or I get distracted and pulled out of tasks, kind of like toggles back and forth between those. And so what ends up happening oftentimes is I will be hyper-focused on something really important and then I go to take a break or I have a little um, thing I need to look up 
and I engage in the Instagram because I need to like ask somebody a question, send them a message or research a certain website I saw, you know, and then in my distractibility, I get sucked into the rest of the people and activities on the app. And so I might have gone in there with the attention, with the intention of, you know, extracting some certain bit of information or depositing some certain bit of communication. And instead, what ends up happening is I get sucked into this time loop of other activities that I was not intending to engage in when I walked through the door. So I'm working through that and I'm thinking a lot about how I can set up some boundaries and expectations of my usage with the social media online. In other words, about like maybe time, how much time I spend online, how much time I spend in certain apps. Um, this is the kind of stuff I've been really in, in like deeper contemplation about. Um, and, and, and so it's been really good to get some clarity there. You know, that's why fasting is good. Fasting from any practice, from anything in, in certain periods is a great thing. It brings a lot of clarity to the situation. Um, if you can take a break from pretty much anything. So, um, The other thing that it's done is that because I haven't had that distractibility and I have had these deeper chunks of time and attentional focus to engage with my studies, I really feel like I'm growing with my Chickasaw language studies, you guys. I'm getting a fuller sense of how the words came together and, you know, what they were saying and feeling before the influence of European um, colonization and uh, the settler influences of Christianity in particular. Before those things came into the language, there was a different route, a different process going on, a different order of operations. And in this excavation process and deeper study, I am finding so much wisdom and I'm having so many insights on a really deep level and I'm just finding it really deeply satisfying I've gotten more connected gosh that was a loud motorcycle I have well that's why they call me roadside shaman I'm literally by the side of the road here um I I really feel like The community that is the Chickasaw Nation, that is our current citizenry, is so diverse and so active in so many different ways and arenas. And it's so rich with human story and endeavor that, like, the more I learn, the more comfortable I am with being myself as a Chickasaw. I don't have to shape myself to be something different to fit the mold of what a Chickasaw is. The more Chickasaws I get to know and learn their stories, the more perfectly I see how much I blend in with the rest of our nation. Our clan, our tribe is filled with people like me. I don't not fit in there. 
I fit in there. I fit in there because exactly who I am. I'm doing the things that they do. I'm telling the stories they tell. You know, I'm making the medicines that they make. And when I watch some of these people, like when I see them gathered at a, at a Chickasaw Nation gathering, like in person here, like all of our little California Chickasaws, which most of us are a lot uh, blonder and paler than I would have expected to see at a gathering of, of uh, Chickasaw Nation citizens. But, you know, that's... That is the, the, the blending and mixing that our nation is in 2019. We don't all look the same, but in our heart, we are all unconquerable. I, I feel that tenacity in every single set of eyes I cro- cross and I look across at. It is incredible to see someone you know making art or weaving or um, sewing beads and just see how they would blend right into a family photo look like just all my aunts and uncles and grandparents like they would just blend right in like are you sure you're not my cousin like I really want to start doing family trees and figuring out which one of these lovely people that I'm coming to know so intimately could actually be traced back to the same ancestor because I know our ancestors gathered around the fire gathered around the table but I do kind of wonder if any of our ancestors shared the same tent if you know what I mean you know what I mean shared the same bed shared the same bedroll shared the same cup that's the level of intimacy I'm curious to know is if I've got some cousins out there that you know we both honor the same grandparents I have a lot of cousins on both sides of my family I'm talking first cousins you know I got dozens and dozens of cousins on both sides so the more the merrier I really do believe that I really have felt a deep corrective flow in how I'm moving through the world. And it has to do with feeling my footing, you know, feeling the grounding of myself on this earth as an organism, as part of this, you know, intergalactic system I I feel my center of gravity in a way that I you know I don't I don't ever remember feeling before Your skirt is supposed to come into contact with the medicine of the earth. That's why you wear it when you're crafting. Hmm. Yeah. 
so this is a new moon this is a new time and I have so many names for all the moons you guys so many names and more coming in every day and all I'm doing is just trying to keep them stacked up in the right order that's the main thing because all these calendars disagree and so trying to get the calendars to agree when you know <laughs> my timing is a little bit different than other people's I mean what what would you do with an eight or a nine day work week I don't know man A work week, that's not even the right way to say it. A life week. A map week. I don't know what you would call it. All I know is heptads are old news. Seven day weeks. They're not for what, what gets us off planet. So. Yeah. Personally, I think each moon should have three eight-day weeks with three void days, you know, for feast or fest, depending, you know, you know mostly rest, Sabbath rest, um, and then a, a bonus moon day for, again, feast, fest, rest, whatever. That gets us to 28, you know? Doesn't it? Yeah, 8 times 3 is 24, plus 3 more is 27, plus 1 more is 28. That's smack dab in the middle of synodic and sidereal. So what more do you want? The only thing I can think of is if we're not supposed to follow lunar time at all, which is possible, but I feel like our code, our genome, our phenotype, the human phenotype, has been built in that rhythm. And so for me, I kind of feel like it needs to be in there somehow. That, that lunar rhythm, that synchronicity between the sun and the moon, it has to be in there somehow. So I don't know. It's a work in progress. But what I do know is the weeks don't matter if you even want to call them weeks. I don't know what you want to call them. The time units, the countings, the periods, the measures, the cups of time. <laughs> Every month has three cups of time in it. Uh, that's the thing about measurement measurement we think it makes things certain and it doesn't it just makes things blurry sometimes because who's keeping time who's measuring which you know where do you exactly divide between the stop and the go the beginning and the end you know you're always half the distance to the goal nothing ever really touches We're all always one thing, all together, tangled up like a ball of string. Yeah. Anyways. All right, well, I don't know if I should read you guys moon names at this point. 
or talk to you about the relationship words that I'm working on with the Chickasaw Tarot. I don't know. I think I've read all of the moon names before into the podcast at least once. Yeah, I I think I've already done that. What I will say is the last moon of this galactic year, you know, so like the um, red cosmic moon year, the last lunation of red cosmic moon year is in July and it's going to be coxcomb red moon. So I don't know if I told that before, but, and I think the first moon name is going to be machete moon. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, but it's not certain it's in pencil and there's a couple lines above it to write before if I want to do things in a different order. I'm trying to synchronize with the 13 moon peacetime calendar, you know, all of those, their tones, their lunar tones, because they have 13 lunar tones. They're really good. And I kind of wish that our moons were named after these tones because they're really, they're just really good. They're complete. But I don't have it lined up with the other words that I put in here and it's because I don't know like sometimes I think I should be naming two moons a month the new moon and the full moon or sometimes I think I should actually have four moon names a month one for each of the half moons too but then that seems like it's a little bit banana town because I mean honestly if it were me I would have a different moon name for every day of the calendar year but that that seems really strange so (sighs) anyways I'm feeling really plugged in with my community in a way that I haven't ever in my life and I mean like in real life and digitally virtually and spiritually and like in every quantum vector possible I feel like I'm crystallizing into my community like some sort of tardigrade that just got rehydrated after 20 years in space or something like I just feel integrated it's good stuff it's good stuff people it's really good stuff the next moon coming up is oak pollen moon live oak around our neck of the woods California live oak oak pollen moon but there's different kinds of oaks wherever you go so maybe it'll be oak pollen moon for you this month too April 19th 2019 yeah I'm going to tell you guys about this like relationship word thing though because I think I mentioned it before, but if not, I'll tell you, I'll tell you again. I'm making a Chickasaw tarot. I'm making a, a, I'm taking my, one of my tarot decks, and I am um, translating the card energies into Chickasaw language words that I think are equivalent. Not necessarily to the exact word that's on there, but to the energy of the card. And I've tried to get the exact word where I can but 
like a lot of languages, there are some words that just don't have a direct corollary translation and you kind of have to go into, like I said, the, the deeper energies of the cards. So um, I started with the major arcana because those were all like characters, like people, you know, primarily a couple of energies, you know, like death or the tower you know but most of these are kind of like nouns like labels you know and I figured this will be this will be um, a more concrete way to start you know because I didn't really want to have to decide which specific word for cup or fire or wands like do I choose the word for wands or do I choose the word for fire you know for the minor arcana because people group the minor arcana differently you know, sometimes they're coins, sometimes they're pentacles, sometimes they're discs, um, sometimes they're earth. So all four of those words in the tarot, depending on which deck you're using, are, un are understood to mean the same, similar, same or similar energy. So anyways, that being said when I was doing my study and starting to learn the names for these different words, these different beings, these different people, um, I noticed a strange misalignment or discord between the relational words in English and the relational words in Chickasaw. So, The only way I can describe it is like, here, I'll just try to read what I wrote. So the labels for kin and family relationships are not grouped in the same way as we seem to have them in English. In English, the relational labels feel like, and then I have a sketch where there are just points like dots sc scattered about and then lines connecting the points. Like it looks kind of like a vector map or like one of those, um, you know, sacred geometry uh, um, string line things, right? It's just lines and dots. Um, and in Chickasaw, the labels feel like, and then I sketched overlapping circles, like circle, 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 all kind of like overlapping with one another, right? And then I said, so translating them feels like, and then it's loops. So it's like loops and spirals where there's a combination of points and circles. So the point of this energetic difference to me is that I'm having to find where these energy labels align for Chickasaw in 2019. Like, we don't use the same words and labels the same as we might have when these other words and labels were more common or prevalent, you know? Like, I, I don't think I plan to use equivalents for king or queen in the minor arcana, you know. I, I just don't think that it's going to, it's not going to be a, a, you know, a court mm -hmm. card kind of situation, even though that's what they're usually called. They're usually called court cards. I'm, I'm going to go like with the family route and try to use like family relational words. So the labels for the different um, minor arcana cards are gonna be like, 
um, grandmothers and grandfathers, you know, um, or maybe like grandparent and grandchildren, um, or grandchildren and cousins, that could be another label. Um, the words for brothers and sisters and cousins and like nieces and nephews are pretty much all the same. They're like really interchangeable. They're not grouped the way that in English we group sibling and cousin type of words. It seems like they're more based on circles of intimacy extending, extending outward from the person instead of interrelational directly. Like I'm related to you in this way. It's more like we're related to each other in this degree. Um, so like the word for cousin and brother is the same, like sibling, cousin, sister, brother, it's all the same, but they have different words for an older sibling or cousin or brother or sister versus a younger sibling, cousin, brother, younger, younger sister, younger brother. Like, does that make sense? It's like the, 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 the hierarchy of power or authority and the level of intimacy describes the relationship more than um, I guess like the, 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 the gender line like the, the, the gen I don't see a whole lot of gender division I mean there are a couple of words and labels that do describe the differences between masculine and feminine but it's not it's not as heavy-handed or it's not as obvious at least on on my initial studies obviously I'm really new at this you guys do you know how much I wish I could like undo so much of my English study and my fixation on correct grammar and my hashtag typo alert I want to undo all of it and delete all of that expertise and replace it with a few thousand Chickasaw words like I want to be like Neo in the Matrix and just jack in and get the download because I'm sad at the amount of territory that English takes up in my brain. I'm enraged at the amount of jingles and corporate slogans I have easily memorized and yet I don't know um, a single prayer by heart in Chickasaw. You know, Th this is distressful to me, this territory that is still... colonized in my mind so I'm starting from scratch by learning the words that matter to me now because the concepts are something I'm trying to understand and so learning in another language thinking in another language opens up your mind to different concepts because there are certain concepts for which English doesn't have good language and I'm learning that there are certain Chickasaw concepts that just don't translate into English well I learned that the first time I knew they had the same word for sun and moon Hashi was sun and Hashi was moon like when I looked them up they're like that's the same word. I'm like, that's the same word. How, what? And then I thought about what the moon was. And I'm like, well, the moon is only ever just reflecting the light of the sun whenever we see it. And when we don't see it, it's not there. So what is it except bounce light from a human perspective, you know, from a 
observational perspective. <laughs> I, I knew we were going to have an issue as an artist who's obsessed with color and loves color in every form and loves to name colors like a hobby. When, when I found out that the word for blue and the word for green are the same, Okchamali, I was like, but, but what? But how do you describe stuff? And then I just realized it's so much richer than that. There are other descriptive words. And, you know, if you think about river water, Okchamali makes sense as a word. Is it blue? Is it green? Is it gray? Choctaw, Okchamali means gray. In the Choctaw language, Okchamali means gray. In Chickasaw, it means both blue and green. So I ask you, what Pantone color is Okchamali? What number is it? What Pantone number is Okchamali? That's an art project in the works. I have visions of that project going from place to place in tribal communities all over this land, asking people what Pantone number is Okchamali. Because our languages sometimes don't translate. There's a lot that gets lost in translation. But um, when we lock eyes with someone, we can feel their heart. When we feel someone's heart from across the divide of digital space or virtual reality or actual geography, <laughs> bodies of water on this material plane, if we feel that connection on a spiritual level, all of a sudden the translations don't matter. We don't need it translated because we hear the message, we feel it from its origins. Anyways, I think that should probably be done. I don't know how long I've been talking, but I haven't recorded anything in a really long time and I'm a bit out of practice. Like. A lot of things in my previous trials. Ooh, 42. 42, 42, 42, 42, particle 42. 42. I love 42. Alright, so that's, that's going to be it. I'm calling it, you guys. I'm calling it complete. The shadow of my pomegranate tree has pretty much kissed the entire edge of my blanket. All of the crystals have been blessed with the sunshine of this new moon. They're cleansed, purged, charged, healed, ready to go, ready to work, just like me, just like you.